Uh, let's see if I can find something funny. It's time for No Laugh Track. The No Laugh Track podcast. <laughs> that was horrible. I gotta get. I, I should have more uh, rhythm than that, you know, more beat than that. I, I guess I've lived in Minnesota too long or whatever. In the My Midwest. whiteness is rubbing off on you. Uh, no, not your whiteness. Believe me, it's others. It's right. others. <laughs> Fair enough. There we go. That was our theme song. No laugh track. Okay. This is episode 29 of Ooh. No Laugh Track. 29. My name's Justin Severson. Uh, I uh, work over at KQ, but this is the best job ever. No, they're all best jobs. And uh, I'm the host here of Acme's official podcast, No Laugh Track, and my guest is Tracy Ashley. Hello. It is good to be here. It is good to be back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say black. I was going to be like, really? Well, that's we're starting good like too. that? That's good, too. Ask Obama. <laughs> it's good to be black, but it's also good to be back. It is great. I love coming to the Twin Cities. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like my, I, I say it's my second home. You are in the same group that I put uh, Tim Slagle in that I thought that you were like a local. Okay. Yeah. You know. Tim Slagle actually lives in Indiana near me. Yeah. Isn't that weird? He lives about uh, like, like not, uh, 20 minutes from me. We're very close. Yeah, people do think we still both live here. Yeah, no, you know, I was... Because we talk about Minnesota, Minneapolis, oh, like it's home. Yeah, I know? talked to him, you know, la- uh, right before the election. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so how long have you... I don't live here. I'm not from here. Like, but How are you always here? Right. What do you mean? Right. It's because we love the club. And thankfully, uh, the owner likes to book us. Lewis likes to book us. And we're, we're grateful for that. Yeah, you... Uh, well, you have quite a history here at Acme. This is where I started. Yeah. This is where I started. And I miss it here so badly, I'll tell you. This is where I started and um, when I was working at down at WCCO Radio in sales. I had moved here, and I started this. I had a, a bad breakup and just decided I was going to be the Black Mary Tyler Moore, and I was going to make it after all. <laughs> and uh, started doing the open mics. And Actually, I have to be real honest. I went to Stevie Ray's. You know, remember Stevie Ray? Yes. And I went to his, he had an improv class and then he had a comedy class. I took the improv class. I wanted to see if I liked improv. Yeah. I thought too much. You know, they want you not to think so no, much. And just I, react. I, I kept thinking too yeah. much. So then he said, well, why don't you take the comedy class? Maybe you should, you know, and I knew I wanted to be a comic, but I thought I would use that improv skill too. Yeah. So I went and took the comedy class. It, only, it was only like three classes. And what they helped you do was write your first three minutes. And that I needed, you know, that focus. And I wrote my first three minutes. And then the end of the class, we got to come to Acme on the open mic night and do our sets. With a guaranteed spot. Guaranteed spot. Yeah. Because you're new anyway. A lot lot of times I think if you're new, sometimes I can guarantee you a spot. But for sure from that class. Mm -hmm. So we all came and all the class was here and it was packed. And I just remember getting up here. And I think I had a good set. I'm not sure. I just remember it was just like. I don't even remember hearing the, the laughter or anything. I was so nervous. Yeah. It's like a weird experience. And then I got off the stage and I was like, how did I do? And everyone was like, oh, my God, you did good. You survived. You did great. I survived. They're like, no, but you did it. You did it. You yeah. didn't give up. It was funny. And then after I met Pete Lee. Oh, yeah. Pete's been on this podcast. That's right. He and I are good friends. Yeah. And uh, I always say Pete's like a little brother to me. We were actually in each other's weddings. So we really close. I love Aww. Pete Lee. So uh, anyway, uh, he came up to me out at the bar and he said uh he introduced himself and i had heard the owner whose name was lewis lee so i thought this must be the owner's son pete lee i'm talking to the owner's son yeah so i'm gonna suck up to this right he said are you serious about doing this and i said yeah i said i've always wanted to do this i said i work over at cco and you know told the whole history and everything and he was like you should you should come down and do this every week and I said, so how do I, what do I do? He goes, just come, and he told me the whole process. Right. Just come down Monday night early, sign up, and, you know, hopefully you'll get up. He goes, but I think, you, I think you're pretty funny. That's what he told me. Yeah. I was so excited, you know. And then I, I remember coming here to see, uh, I saw Chad Daniels. Oh, before yeah. Before I knew Chad Daniels. Yeah. I came to see Lewis Black one night, just was mesmerized, yeah. you know, Colleen Cruz. These are our names, you know, from Minnesota. Sure. And I, because I, I lived down the street. I lived uh, right here downtown because I worked at CCO. Oh, yeah. And I'd come here. This was my second home. No, I'm not kidding you. I would come here all the time, especially once I got in and Lewis started booking me and I became an MC. I did the contest, the funniest person. Oh, was, how did you do with that? I was the first runner up. That's what they say, but I like to say I took second. <laughs> no, Tracy, you were the first runner up. I'm like, no, I took second. Yeah, don't don't sugarcoat <laughs> it. Right, I took second. Come on. But you know, everybody would tell me it's a good thing you didn't win because people who win, they you know, they always suck in comedy. I'm like, that's not, it's not true, you know. But that's what everybody would tell me right, right. to make me feel better. Right. But I started doing it after that, and then I got hired to MC, 
And I remember one of my early MC gigs was for Dave Attell. Wow. Yes. I think that was like my second one. My first one was with Alex Jackson, who I believe is the fire chief here. And not anymore. Not anymore. Well, was. Yes. And uh, my second show was Dave Attell. Wow. So back then, Dave Attell didn't have his TV show, Insomniac, and all those things. Yeah. And, but he was still very popular. Yeah. And so he was backstage. And I remember all these comics came to see him. And they were all sitting in the back of the room. And, you know, I'm new to this. So I was like, this guy must be really good. Because all the comics are, you know, back yeah, there yeah. to see him. Then after the shows, they all wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. Like they really wanted to. So we were hanging out. And he was so funny. Everything he said, I just was laughing. This guy was great. And I said, Dave, are you? Because I got to drive him in my car. Oh, and boy. I said, Dave, are you famous? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm like an idiot now when I think about that. I'm like, are you famous? He says, nah, I'm not famous at all. And he was like, I hate my material. I hate my stuff. You know how we get his comics, you know, after so long. Right. And I'm like, like looking at him like, you hate it. You're brilliant. Yeah, I'll Every- change spots with me then. Right? You yeah. know, I was just like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that was my, and he gave me some good advice. And I remember he said, <laughs> he was, you should get to L.A. And I said, why? Well, they like you in L.A. You should huh. go. Don't stay here forever. You should get to L.A., you know. And I said, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I said, I, I just want to really be a good comedian. I just want to do stand-up yeah. and travel. He said, well, you can do that. He said, but you should get to L.A. You Have know? you seen him since then? One time, Acme had, I believe it was the 10th anniversary show. And they did it down at the, I think it was the Orpheum mm-hmm. Theater. And Patton Oswalt was on the show and David Tell was on the show. And Lewis Black, I believe, was on that. I'm not sure. Was Lewis Black? Uh, I'm, I, I can't. But for sure, I know David Tell and Patton Oswalt were on it. And Tim Slagle. So I'm sitting in the front row. David Tell comes out. He talks to me from the stage. You know, I was just like, I didn't I, What? He's talking to me? Were you there on a date or anything? Were you like, no, I was there with my girl. I was there with another comic. Okay. And we were just sitting there watching the show. And he just talked to me. And I was like, I can't believe David Tell is talking to me from this. He's like, hey, Trace, how's it going? Yeah. You still with that guy? And I had broken up with him. I'm like, no. I mean, he remembered wow. all that. Cool. He goes, you broke up with him? And then he made fun of that. And then he went to the whole rela- into the relationship stuff. Oh, perfect. So I was so happy to talk to him after that. And uh, we had a little par- a party at the, out there when I hung out with him and talked. And he was so, it was just so cool because here's David Tell coming to talk to me. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I haven't seen him since then. I would love to see him. I'd love to. And I wonder if he would. He probably wouldn't remember me. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you got to be a guest on his new show. Yeah. Have you seen this? No. No, he, I haven't. He's I actually, got a show on, uh, uh, it's on Showtime, Dave's Old Porn. Oh, no. I have seen that show. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I watched it with Judah Friedlander. He had him on and someone else. And that, I was laughing. Yeah. Just <laughs> He's just, that's right up his alley, too. That, totally. That's perfect, you know? Yeah. I was uh, watching the show with my girlfriend. Or Let me take that. I take that back. I was, I had, my girlfriend was on the phone sitting next to me on the couch. I turned that show on. And 20 minutes later, when she was off the phone, scolded me because she was like, you have fucking porn on? I'm on the phone with my mom. I'm like, it's not porn. Well, it is porn, but it's not porn. It's I'm like, you know who David Tell is? Right, right. This is like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's, yeah, but they're not really. No, no, and it's I, not. I, yeah, like. They show a little bit, but it's just, it's more his comments yeah. and their feedback. What I love is the porn actress that did the film is sitting right there, you know. Could you imagine? And they're all bloated, you know. <laughs> sitting on the couch, they look different, you know. You're like, that was her? Oh, yeah. And I love, like, when they go back and they talk about, you know, I was on acid when I did that shot. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, how many pounds of blow you do that right? day? Oh, I know. And that's what I love about Dave, because he goes right there, you know, he makes comments like, oh, yeah. you know. On the uh, radio show, we talked to Ray Manzarek this morning from uh, The Doors. And, okay. they're, and they have like a new uh, Doors uh, DVD that's coming out. And okay. he was saying that this performance is from, I think, the summer of 68. He's like, yeah, they know it's a great, uh, it was a triple bill, us, and these uh, the uh, Chamber Brothers and Steppenwolf, fantastic bill. And you get to see Jim Morrison high on acid the whole show. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like you're waiting for him to say it, like, what drugs were they on Right, that day? right. We like, want to oh, know. Yeah. We're curious. Yeah. yeah, Jim was tripping the whole show. Oh, perfect. 
Love it. <laughs> but you were here for the uh, anniversary show. I was in uh, November twentieth. Mm-hmm. Last twentieth uh, anniversary. That was over a year ago. Yep, that was fantastic. That was so much fun because at that time I was doing a bunch of college shows and I needed a club show so badly. Not that I, I hate the colleges. I love them, but yeah. it's nice to have a break and do the clubs. I miss the comedy clubs. Yeah. And it was the twentieth anniversary. I mean, everybody was here. People who I don't see because they're headliners. I don't get right. to work with them. Right. It was just great to go back and hang out with them. That was a really a, a memorable time in my career for me I bet and I couldn't believe it like that I was part of it and I kept thinking man think about when you started you know and how far you've come how far all of your friends have come yeah. the things that they're doing I'm always amazed when I turn the TV on and I see my friends I see my peers it's yeah, just right. amazing I was amazed to see myself once on television it's just it's a, it's a, it's a dream but that was a fun week and uh, I remember we all had fun sets and what I remember the most about that the last night we had a they had like a little party mm-hmm and we all were able to come back over here. It was just the comics hanging out. And we played a game where the comic would start the joke and we would have to finish their jokes. Oh, wow. To see how much we knew about each other and our acts. And Dwight York got up there. So this wasn't like you're going to ad lib and try to top it. You're trying to remember the Remember the line. Wow. Okay. Remember the punchline. Yeah. So Dwight York gets up there, and I I done some shows with Dwight. I've watched Dwight, yeah. um, and he got and John DeBoer was here. Yeah. Dwight Slade was there. David Crow, Kermit Apio, yeah. Chad Daniels, Pete Lee, and myself. Yeah. And it was just great because they'd all get up there, and I think they were Dwight. I know wrote about it on his website that he was he was touched by it that we knew because he'd do a line, boom, we were all fighting to get that punchline out. Wow. To you know, same thing with Chad. Uh, Pete, we did that with David Crow. It was just, it was great. Yeah, it, it was really, really was. cool. And that was a fun night. David Huntsberger was there too. Yep. And David Huntsberger was the host. <laughs> and he was the one, he'd give us the categories. That was the other thing. He'd say, okay, we're going to pick a category. It could be relationship. It could be dick jokes. It could be <laughs> anything. And he would pick the category. Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, every comic, dick jokes. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we knew all the punchlines. Oh, that was you're the first one that's brought that up. Yeah. That's the first I've heard it of this. It was a memorable night. And what I remember about it is a few, a few of the comics wrote about it. And we all emailed each other and said how great that was. Because you, you don't think people are paying attention. You sure. don't think people remember. Yeah. And I know Dwight had to be like, wow, you guys know my stuff. Especially your, your peers. Your peers. You know, like you're, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah you're, a, you're a comic sitting in the back of the club just waiting for your, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. For your shot on the stage, and mm-hmm. like, you know, like everybody's kind of too cool. I'm not paying attention. I'm going to go out and have a smoke mm-hmm. and a drink and uh, it's whatever. True. Yeah, it's true. So that's and really neat. What was so what's so great about that as comics, we are so in our heads all the time about everything we do with our act because we're artists. We take it seriously. Yeah, we're, we. Uh, it's like Erica Badu has a line in one of her songs. She's like, "I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit." You know what <laughs> I mean? You know. So that's how we are. And yeah. I think I could see it in Dwight's eyes that he was like wow like they really know my punchlines they they have been watching yeah that's really cool they do think i'm funny you know and i you would see that with every comic that would come up john DeBoer, he'd say his line and i'm jumping right on the line you know crazy he's like ma he does a joke uh john i want my grandkids where's my grandkids and uh he does i'm kind of messing it up but the punchline basically is like ma if you want your grandkids around the towel you can go get the towel. The crunchy towel. Yes. Right. <laughs> so it, he was, he couldn't believe I remembered that, you know, and it was just, I, it really was a special time. And I often think about that. I have my little poster with everybody's pictures and I'm all signed up in my house. And oh, awesome. That's a, uh, there have been some great moments in my career in comedy and that was one. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, Dwight Slade and I have, yes. and I, I, I need to say I, we never really wrote anything. He was the uh, he was the headliner here last week. Yes, I saw that. Okay, yeah, and uh, we sat here and recorded a whole podcast and talked and had a really good time. And then uh, it doesn't exist. What? Yeah. So uh, apologies to Dwight Slade. I, I haven't talked to him since we found out it doesn't. It's not. It's gone. Oh, yeah. You got to do that again because Dwight is interesting. Very interesting. Has some great stories. Yeah. Uh, a great comic, you know. Yeah. Oh man. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Dwight. I know. Yeah. Uh, so we sat here and talked, and then yeah, uh, the next day I found out that uh, something happened with um, 
with a the, button the wasn't pushed. Okay. I don't know what happened. No one's oh, pointing fingers. Let's just say uh, it's okay. it's not there. And that's okay. the, and actually the, this when this podcast first uh, started in the spring, Mary Mac was my first guest. Oh, Mary Mac stopped by my show last night. Well, yep. that show doesn't exist either. No, yeah. you need Mary Mac. I know Mary Mac. I love her. She came by last night. Tracy, can I do? Says of course, Mary. You can't say no to Mary Mac. No, no, no. And I adore her, and she's hilarious. Yes. She came up and she did her set, and then we were talking. And I mean, she's just Mary is a, a class act, really, and she's just so unique to me. Oh yeah. And I just th- those are the, that's what I love about this comedy scene. There's so many people different. You know, comics are different, and they've got their own uh, point of view that I enjoy. Oh yeah. Even the young comics. We have a young comic. Oh, and I feel bad. I forget his name. He's our host. I just met him last night. His name is Mike. Oh, L- Lester? Mike Lester? That must be it. Skinny guy? Yes. Yeah. Glasses. Yep, that's him. Great. Yeah. Just loved watching him. And just, I love coming back here and seeing the, the young comics and yeah. what they're doing and how they're growing. And I was just, he was so funny and just a little awkward, you know? Yeah, he is a little awkward, but it's good. But it was excellent. Yeah, you know. know what I mean? I've seen him here great. a few times. Um, that's what I, I just, I miss that. You know, I live in Indiana now in a small town. My husband's a teacher and I live out there and I don't have really a place to go to like really just have that. You know, there is a small club in town, but you know, nothing like Acme, Yeah. you know? And so when I come back here and see that, it's just amazing and have, it was great for me. I come do my shows. People like Mary Mack stop down and do guest spots. Yeah. Oh, it's just great. No, I want to talk about where, where you are now, but uh, I have to say, this is something that I got to talk about last week, but sure. no one heard it except Dwight. So uh, <clears throat> I want to say that, uh, a week ago, Monday, I came down, and I'm sorry, to, I'm embarrassed to admit this, the first time I ever witnessed open mic night here. No way. And the reason I came is because a friend of mine, Josh, mm-hmm. I'm giving him a little pat on the back here because I'm so freaking proud of him, okay. came and did his first what? time on stage anywhere ever. How did it go? Really good. Now, he's not, you know, he's not the funniest person of that, that already, well, yeah, that's ever starting. walked on this stage, but sure. his... I was like, he told us a few weeks before we came here, he's like, I think I'm, he started to ask me about, you know, like, what about open mic at Acme? And I told him like, well, I think, you know, just go and sign up, you know? And, um, he did. He goes, well, I'm going to go next Monday then. He goes, do you guys want to come down? I'm not telling anybody. So me and my girlfriend came down and watched him. He didn't tell anybody else. And it was, he was the second person to go on. We got here like a minute before he went on stage because he came, signed up, and then called <laughs> us. And he's like, I'm the it. second on. And we, it was like 730. And we're and I'm still sure he was home. so nervous and excited all at the oh, same yeah. time. So like, <laughs> like flying down here, got in the door. And he was like a minute before he went up on stage. And with his stage presence, I was so impressed. It was like... It was just really cool, and it was like, and we were done, and my girlfriend's like, "So, Josh, what do you? What that that was pretty good. Like, what are you gonna do? What, Justin? What does he do now? What should he do now?" And I said, I, "Well, keep coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, next week, and That's then right. the next week, and That's then right. the next week. And that's but how like, it starts. You, but as you said, when you were talking about taking that uh, Stevie Ray's comedy right, class, sure. and I said, "Well, you guaranteed a spot. That's pretty much what I was told. And I guess I'm just repeating this now sure. for people that if they have any interest in coming on stage here, is if you're doing it for your first time, what you can do is you sign your name on that sheet out by the bar." You get here early, like yep. around six o'clock. You sign your name on the sheet, and uh, you put first time next to your yep, name. Exactly. If you write first time. I was told sometimes that'll help you get on. Stage. Yeah, no, I, I I believe it does. And uh, but also uh, this you know, ties uh, ties in with the, uh, some other names we've been bringing up here. Like uh, so, you know, like my buddy Josh, who's you know just some kid off the street, comes mm-hmm. and goes on stage there, and then we stuck her on for another hour and a half. Tim Harmston came That's up right. on stage, Amber right. Preston, That's Mary right. Mack. Uh, <laughs> it's a great show. Nate Abshire, like all these people that work all like you know headliners. That's right. Some of which are you know Excellent. headliners. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. And uh, like Tim's been on Letterman. Like you're getting some great quality yeah. comics yeah. on a Monday night. Yeah. But here's what people also don't know about Acme Monday night: you never know who else might stop by. Yes, I've heard. I've been here. This was the, the you know but from my time. You know, growing in comedy, and it was just amazing. I remember Damon Wayans came. Really, Damon Wayans. Yeah. And at that time, he had just—I think he had just given divorce, and a lot of personal stuff was on the news and stuff. And he was coming to do the casino, and he wanted to work on his stuff. Yeah. So he came down to Acme, and I remember uh, my, there was another comic, Maggie Ferris. She was here, and we were back in the green room, and we were both so excited. And she was hosting because every now and again they would have a host for the open mic. Yeah. And that night she was hosting, and so she, she was like, you know, what am I going to say, and all this stuff. And he was really just laid back, cool, and he came up and just tore the place apart. It was hilarious. Yeah. 
Uh, then another good memory, Margaret Cho came by sure. one night. Now, but she didn't do stand up. I will say that she didn't because I think she came kind of late. But she came back and she invited us to her show. Oh wow! And she did a show with Jim Short, and I knew Jim Short because I'd worked. Jim Short is a comic excellent uh, comic that's worked here yeah very funny guy and uh he was doing the college with her or oh no he was on tour with her i think or something yeah, yeah. but anyway so we went to augsburg college and we watched the show very and cool. we got to hang out with margaret cho yeah you know that was and we just met her just hanging out here at acme um i want to say there were there were other people that stopped by ron white stopped by one night and he came on stage and he did a set and that was just amazing now that i just can't i don't why can't i picture him being on the stage it just ron white Got up here with a piece of paper and worked on his stuff. Really? Yeah. Right? Isn't uh, that crazy? Yeah, it is. That is. <laughs> only because I don't. I, uh, I I only know of him. I've never seen him live, but like, a, you know, a casino. Like, you mean he's not anywhere other than, than a casino? <laughs> or, or his jet? You mean who? Uh, you mean, well, Damon Wayans was at the casino. No, I'm saying like a Ron White. Like, that's the only place I... Oh, that's the only place you've at. seen him. Yeah. yeah, no, no. He And, you know, I wonder what he was doing. He Was he going on a... He he wasn't doing a show. He was like I think he was on the on tour maybe. Well, let's I'm gonna bring up the last time I saw you. Oh, when was that? Opening up for a guy uh that used to have a TV show. Oh, were you at Comedy that show? Comedy Central. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, was that a show? Yeah. That was a great show. Can I just tell you that was again, an, I've been really, really lucky, blessed, whatever the words are. My comedy, you know, I'm not famous or any of that, but what I've always wanted was to be a really good comic, a Mm -hmm. great comic. And for people to say, that's a great comic, she can work any venue, she's great. You know, that's what I truly, truly want because you'll always be working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when I got that gig to open for Chappelle, I I was beside myself because I have a, a bucket list of comics I'd like to work with. Yeah. Okay. Chris Rock. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. That's the bucket list. That's it. Got one of them down. Never thought either would ever happen. Right. And uh, when I got the call about it, and then I told them, "Yeah, please submit, you know, submit my name." And then they said they're going to go with you. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and then, um, and I almost wasn't going to do it because I, my husband and I were supposed to be taking a vacation. Uh oh. And my husband was like, "You are you crazy? We're going to Minnesota anyway. Just go a day early." Yeah. So came a day early. He said, I'll meet you because he was working and stuff. And uh, I got to go do that show. And it was unbelievable. So you did you enjoy the show? Yeah. And yeah. It was, I, I saw you. Was, I was there early for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I, can I tell you what was so <laughs> it was crazy? Because I get there. I'm pacing back and forth in my green room because I want to meet dave Chappelle. of course not only am i performing but i get to meet this guy you were so cool and you were you, I, can, you, I, mean, I have to tell you tracy seeing you on that stage like when you how you just said his name just now is basically how you introduced like dave Chappelle. yes people <laughs> like do you know Come what's on. happening yeah and so when i went out because uh, they did you see i don't know if you remember how they introduced me because the dj was jamming you know he's playing the music oh, getting the right. audience yep, yep. going getting everybody into it and I'm backstage. I got a chance to meet Dave Chappelle. I got a chance to talk to him. He talked to me before and after the show. Just a gentleman. Perfect. I got to meet his family. Just awesome. Everything I would have imagined. Ah, it was great. Awesome. Because sometimes you meet your heroes and they're jerks. Oh, they can yeah. be assholes. I've met some. I me won't too. say. And they I were assholes either. to me. Yep. And that, that and it really, it just like, oh, I was like, I, can't, I, I own your DVD. Yeah. You know, I listen to you. Yeah. And I'm coming to you telling you, hey, I'm a comic and I'm a fan of yours. And you're going to blow me off yeah. or you're going to treat me rude. I, know. I just never get that. Mm-mm. Dave Chappelle wasn't like that. That's awesome. At all. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, see, he just, I don't know, he renewed something in me to say, see, Tracy, you don't have to be an asshole. Yeah. You know, you don't have to. Because I always think I'm too nice in this business. Hmm. And, uh, some people tell me I need to be a little bit tougher, you know, and that's kind of, I, I don't know. Not that it's not hard for me. It's just I'm like, why do I got to be like that? Mm-hmm. And meeting him was just he wasn't like that. I don't, I don't know what his business side is like, but what sure. I met was great. And so he uh, we talked when I first got there and he introduced himself. He, he hugged me like he knew me. And he said, don't I know you? And I said, Dave, if we knew each other, I would know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he laughed and he said, well, I know you. And then the guy that was uh, booked me said, well, Dave, you saw her stuff. He goes, no, I think I know or met her somewhere. I go, no, Dave, we've never met. We never met. Huh. So I said, but I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. So we talked for a while, talked about family. He asked me if I had kids. I told him I didn't. And I told him that I, it's something I'd like to do, but I'm older now. And he goes, you can still do it. There are plenty of women who are older having kids. You can still have a family. He's giving me family advice. It's crazy. And I'm saying, I go, I say, Dave, you know what? That's easy for you to say. 
you know, you're Dave Chappelle. You can, you know, he goes, it will change your comedy, Tracy. It will change how you look at comedy, you know, because now you have a kid and you'll choose your gigs differently. You'll choose things differently. It's just different. Yeah. And I thought, okay, look at Dave Chappelle giving me family (laughs) advice. I thought that was so cool. So then we talked and then he said, hey, I know they said do 10 minutes, do 20. No shit. Like, yeah. So we so and then Andrew was like the booker guy said, Yeah, Dave said you could do twenty, no problem. Yeah. So I went out there and uh when they introduced me, if you remember, the way the guy did it, he said, And now, are you guys ready for Dave Chappelle? And everyone was like, Yeah Then he goes, But first <laughs> <laughs> No, and I was like, oh, no, they're going to hate me. Because, yeah. you know, that situation could go wrong sure. easily. And he goes, she'll be at Acme in December headlining Tracy Ashley. Yeah. Walked out. And that's why I had to, like, I knew they were there to see Dave. Yeah. But I had to, like, I was so excited. And I knew the crowd was excited. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like, Dave fucking Chappelle is here. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. It was. It was absolutely perfect. It was. Yeah. And I, told, I thanked him so much after that. And he said to me, and, you know, for a comic, it's always great to get good feedback from the headliner. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, I've heard, he said, I saw, I didn't see all of it. I, but what I saw was really good. And he goes, and I've heard good things for my people and i was like yes oh your people look at that that's awesome mm-hmm. that is awesome mm-hmm. now uh how did let's go back to your uh so you did you you lived here when you were you said you sold for cco i did i worked at wcco radio um i had i met a guy from minnesota moved here to, to be with him and it didn't work i mean literally we broke up like right away mm-hmm. and uh what well, was fine because i knew i wanted to start stand-up comedy here's the weirdest thing i used to be a cruise director and I was on a cruise ship. I worked for Norwegian Cruise Lines and a co- on a company called Dolphin Cruise Lines. Norwegian bought Dolphin. And so I worked with Norwegian Cruise Lines because I had always said when I was young that I wanted an exciting life with different jobs. I lived in Opalaka, Florida. Opalaka was uh, like, you know. A swamp? That, it was like a ghetto back then and very, back then a lot of crack you know, in the neighborhood, it was really, it was different back then. Yeah. You know, it's a lot, it's better now, but then it was really dangerous. And I don't know, I just wanted to get out of there and see another part of the world because I've been so many places and I'm kind of going off, off here, but I, uh, when I was younger, I lived in Indonesia. My Holy mother cow. was married to a, a man who worked for the Department of State and we traveled and we lived in different countries. And the one I lived in with them was in Indonesia. Whoa. And I was in like the sixth, seventh grade when I lived in Indonesia. So I lived in Jakarta for a while. Then they broke up, and then we came back to the States, and I was out in D.C., and then we moved back to Opalaka. So I went from living in Jakarta, Indonesia, in a big home with a maid and guards, because he worked for the Department of State. Yeah, yeah. Going to the commissary to pick up my car- my Mad Magazines back in the day. Yeah. Okay? Because that's all I wanted. I love Mad Magazine, and that's all I wanted to get at the commissary was sure. my Mad Magazine. Yeah. And uh, then I come back, they break up, and I'm in Opalaka living in a one-bedroom apartment with my mom and my sister. Oh. And my mom had mental illness from all of the relationship. Oh, boy. And it was really a tumultuous time in my life. I knew I wanted to be a comic from the time I was a little girl, and I knew that I was going to take all of that and take it to the stage. I knew that then. Wow. But I didn't know how, yeah. and I didn't know when. Yeah. So I got a job on the cruise ships. I was in college at Heidelberg College in Ohio. I got a job on the cruise ship working for Dolphin. I was a youth counselor every summer. And then when I graduated, the owner of the company said, hey, would you like to come on and be work on the staff? And I said, sure. Um, so I graduated. I went on the ships because I wanted to get away. Yeah, I yeah. just always wanted to get away. And, I, and a lot of people who work on ships, they do that. It's people in their middle of the midlife. They go and they go on a ship and get rid of all their possessions and they go live on a ship and save their money. Yeah. So I went on the ships, you know, I was like 19, 20, 21, whatever. And I, and I was a cruise director at 24. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a really interesting time. And how I, long did you have to, uh, uh, I was a cruise director for seven years. How long did you have to deal with uh, jokes about Vicky from Love Boat? Wasn't she the cruise director? Yeah, but I know, ne- you know, it's weird. Never got anything like that. It's never. Seriously. No one ever said that to me. Really? When I tell people I was a cruise director, they say that. But not them. On the ship, nobody said anything. Yeah. Nobody. Um, and as a matter of fact, it was uh, the, here's the, the truth of it. Back then, the cruise directors were men. It was very odd to see a woman as a cruise director. So I thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, I'm on this ship there, and I'm doing a cruise. It was the gay cruise. Mm-hmm. A company called RSVP out of Minnesota. Oh, okay. And they were on the ship. And at that time, I was the assistant cruise director. 
And I had asked the cruise director, I go, Susan Norfleet is coming on and she's a comedian. Could you ask her if I could have some time just to talk to her? Because I want to be a comedian. Yeah. I want to find out how to do it. Yeah. So the cruise director talked to Susan Norfleet. And she agreed to meet with me on the deck outside. It was that evening. And we sat down. And she told me, and this is the weirdest thing, you should start comedy in Minnesota. Yes. Wow. She said, you should start in Minneapolis. That would be a great scene for you. She said, there are not a lot of African-American women there. This is what she said. Sure. And she said, but that would be a great place for you to start. The writing is good. It's a good scene. And that would be a good place for you. That I've never seen Susan Norfleet since then. Never talked to her. I found out more about her that she was great. Com- is a great comedian. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know why she, but that's what she said. Minnesota. Was she from here? I don't. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. I can't remember if she said she was from here. I have to. I can't remember. But I yeah. just know she said that would be a place. But she must have been, or she, you know, because why would she say that? You mm. know. So I took that. I remembered that. And I remember when she said that, I go, Minnesota? I didn't go to Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Never been here. Never been. I'm like, I'm not going to Minnesota. Right. So, um, no, I had been to Minnesota in speech and debate once. I was on the debate team in college. But that's all I saw of it. I didn't tour around Minnesota, you know? So, um, I I listened to that. I just kind of took that and let that go. But I listened to her advice. Then I met Judy Gold. Mm -hmm. Judy Gold was on the RSVP cruise. She was the headlining comedian. And I remember I said, oh, Judy, you should work on the ships because if you work on the ships, you can make $1,000 in a week. (laughs) I will never forget. Judy Gold goes, honey, I make more than that in a day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wake up, young girl. Right? (laughs) Yes. And here I'm thinking I'm giving her some wisdom. Good, I can get you some money, you know? (laughs) And when she said that, I just, because I remember reading an article Richard Pryor had said, because all my life, like I said, I've always wanted to be a comic. I remember reading an article Richard Pryor said that if you're a comic, you're going to be broke. When you start, you're going to be really broke. And that scared me. Here I was in Opelika, already broke. I didn't want to be no more broke. So that's why I got the job on the ships and became the cruise director because I didn't want to be broke. And I had to take care of my mom the best that I could financially. And that was my that was what I had to do. And at that time, my aunt, my family stepped in because they knew I had dreams and things I wanted to do. And my aunt, she stepped in and said, well, you know, I'm going to see about your mom. I'll be her legal guardian. You go on and you do the things you need to do. And so I would always make sure that, you know, I would, whatever I was doing, always would see about her. But, you know, I still have my focus on one day I'm going to be a comedian. Wow. So finally, I got off the ships. And after talking to like Judy and other comics and learning more about it and watching comics, I, I became really good friends with a comic named Louis Ramey. Lives out of New York. He was on Last Comic Standing, the yeah. last one they did. Okay, and we became the really yep. good friends. Okay. And he would always give me some good feedback. And I'd always listen to his stories of his life, you know. I'll hear about the the Montreals and the the festivals sure. and all the things he did, and that always interested me. Yeah. So once I got here, um, I got I had I was dating a guy who lived here, and I thought, oh my god, he lives in Minnesota. That is weird. Come on. I'm going to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Moved. We broke up. But I like I said, I was I had that Mary Tyler Moore moment. Right. I'm like you're going to make it after all, <laughs> and had the job at CCO, um, and that was so much fun because they used to broadcast the Vikings back then. Yeah. So, I mean, all these things gave me the foundation. Who knew all of that gave me the foundation of what I needed today? Because I'd been on the microphone as a cruise director every single day. Sure. I had done sales, getting in front of people, doing presentations all the time. Yeah. You know, and in my college career, I was in speech and debate. Yeah. So it's just, you know, my family wanted me to do the news. My, to this day, my cousins are like, we thought you were going to be a reporter. We wanted you to be, you know, an anchor woman. That was not what I wanted. Well, send it down to Tracy Ashley on the sideline. Tracy? Exactly, right? Oh, well, here I am. (laughs) It's freezing cold here in Minnesota. (laughs) Like, you know, that's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I wanted to do. And uh, my family honestly did not know how serious I was about stand-up comedy until I called them and I told them that I was going to be on an episode of Last Comic Standing. They couldn't believe it. What? Yeah, because I was... I, you know, it's when you, you know, I don't, I didn't have my dad. My mom was mentally ill. So I was kind of shuffled around from family to family growing up. And then when I got on, I've, I've been on my own pretty much, you know, a long time. Yeah. So I've been making my own decisions. And I have to admit, I'm one of those people where my friends became my family. Oh, yeah. My oh, yeah. friends became my family. And that's where I would go for. And I was always that kind of person. If I wanted to do something, if I had it, I would obsess about it. And I'd have to ask all my friends their advice on what you think I need to do. Because these were big risks I was taking. Yeah. 
And I remember uh, when I worked for the cruise line, one of my bosses, she said to me, Tracy, risks are important in life. You can take a risk because you can always start over. Yeah. And so I said, I'm taking some risks. <laughs> Especially when you're young. And I was making great money on that ship. And I left that job. Yeah. And they were like, you're crazy. And then when I broke up with my ex and then I was at CCO, I'd had enough of sales. And I told them I was quitting. I was making six figures a year. And I remember everybody was like, are you, are you crazy? Comedy? That's what you want to do? Just do it on the side like you've been doing it. Right. But I had spoken to a comic named Greg Warren, and I had heard he had a day job where he transitioned into comedy. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, Greg, when did you quit? When did you know you should quit? And he said, Ugh. he said, when you can't stand it anymore, you can't stand MC anymore. It just drives you crazy. You want to go out and you want to feature. You yeah, want to be a headliner. Yeah. You got to do bigger things. Yeah. He goes, when you're sitting in your sales meeting and your sales manager does something, that's going to drive you crazy. Yeah. He goes, anybody coming up to you at work, you just, you just be pissed at them. You'll know when it's time. And he was right. I was pissed at everybody. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget my boss at the time. She wrote on the wall, success. And she was going to make it an acronym. Oh, S is for... Sales. Yeah. <laughs> And the U is for unique. The P is for... Oh, no, that's a different song. And she's like, you. I'm like, it's for see you later because I'm leaving. You know what I mean? I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I just looked around that room when she was doing the success acronym. And I just looked at everybody and I thought, is this where I want to be? Is this what I want? This isn't what you want. No. So I went to the bathroom after that. I remember that I was in the bathroom and I looked up at the ceiling and I'm like, God, I am going to resign. I wrote my two weeks resignation that day, gave it to my boss. She called me and she goes, are you sure this is what you want to do? I said, yeah, I got to be happy. Yeah. And I said, and if I'm broke and happy, that's better than having money and being miserable. Damn right. So she, she let me go. She said, no problem. We didn't even try to fight. They were like, okay. And I was a, one of, I was a pretty decent salesperson. One year I'd gotten like an award for most dollars, NTR dollars. You know about that sure. non-traditional revenue. Sure. I loved what I did. I can any, see that. Any job I got into, I said, I'm going to focus and get into it. Yeah. But I was ready to be a comedian. And so once I quit, I remember I was so happy. And then I got my first corporate gig for General Mills. And I got to host their award show where they give away awards for the commercials and the advertising. Okay. And I got to meet the voices of, you know, the Bumblebee, some Bumblebee honey, something, the Cheerio Bumblebee, whatever. And I met some okay, yeah. the guy who did the voice for the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting. It was a whole other side of the entertainment business you don't see. And yeah, for sure. It was really interesting. And I got to be the host of that event. And that was nerve wracking because I had to host it, had to be very clean, yeah. you know, and I couldn't say the wrong... Could not swear at all yeah and uh but it was hard but i did it and i got through it and they liked it and they paid me and i thought okay i could do this started doing some corporates and i liked the corporates do not get me wrong but my heart was at the clubs yeah you know because corporate sometimes you have a few rules which i don't mind because it's their show but at clubs usually they yeah. just let you go yeah it's pretty much your rules yes so then i started doing that and then a few comics started taking me on the road after i quit they heard i had quit and they go so you're serious about yeah. this i say yeah i'm serious I mean, I quit and I was losing everything. My condo, I'd wake up uh, having heart palpitations because how am I going to pay for this condo? I had mortgage. I'd saved enough money for a year. Yeah. But after that year, then things started really heating up like, uh uh-oh. You got to pay the your condo mortgage and you got to pay your association dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and this and that and the bills. Oh, yeah. So I put it up for sale. Because I had talked to another comic who said, Tracy, you got to get that your whatever your what your your bills that you're paying, you got to get it down. Yeah. If you're gonna go on the road, get an apartment, just go on the road. Yeah. So I did that. Sold my condo right before the market was crashing with you know selling your homes. I did it right at the Good nick for of you. time. Yeah. So I sold it and took that money, got an apartment, got a place, and just started working the road. And I was gone constantly. A friend of mine was watching my cats. I thought about giving <laughs> getting rid of them, you know, because I was gone so much. But I knew this was what I wanted. And I just started on the journey. Yeah. And still have been on the journey. And along the way, little things like this have happened. Last comic standing, yep. you know, we're opening for Chappelle, getting a college agent, and now, now doing something that I really loved. I love doing the college. So what are you doing most now? Most now, well, this year at colleges, because I had a big, I did NACA Nationals a couple years ago. Yeah. And it, the God, comedy gods were, were there for me. And I booked a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. So I am just, this year I was just finishing up this fall, those schools that I had, were, was doing from last fall. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's 
That's nice, steady work. Oh, it was great. It was great. And See in the uh, country. I, I did. So everywhere. I was yeah. in Maine. It'd be weird. One day I'd be in Maine. Next day I had to go to Florida. Next day I had to go to Utah. It, that part was grueling. Yeah. And as much as grueling as it was, I have to tell you, I had a blast. I still had a blast. Is there? A, do you have a map at home that has pins and all that? That's the... my next thing. I told my husband. I said, "That's." I said, "You know what I want for Christmas? I want a map, so I can put the little needles on it." You should, everywhere especially I go. The, where you're doing the cruise thing and everything you've seen there. Seen a lot. I used to. I uh, I, I don't talk about the cruise ship stuff a lot, honestly, because I always feel like people are going to think that I'm hokey because I was a cruise director. Hey, you know, I'm like no, whatever. I, it's I a loved job what I did. Yeah, yeah. It was a, and I loved it. Plus I it's a job when you're 19. Who cares? The, right? It Especially, was legal. I, mean, I was 24 <laughs> when I became a cruise director. Yeah. yeah, I was living the life. I was going to the Caribbean every week. Yeah, I went to Jamaica every other week yeah. for seven years. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> It was great. Yeah. I, you know, Puerto Rico. I did the Eastern Caribbean and the Western Caribbean. And then we would do gay cruises and lesbian cruises. And those were great because they would charter the ship. That, that group would charter, that would buy out the ship, and they would have all their guests on. And we would go wherever they wanted, where, where their itinerary was. So sometimes you go to different islands you'd never been to, like Barbados and Curacao and Belize. I mean, I've done it. I've done the Caribbean, done it all. Who, who's more fun, the gays or the straights? <laughs> Ooh. Come on. It's the gays. I'm going to be honest. It's the gays. Yeah, I bet it is. Can I tell you, when we would do those cruises, the first time we did it, it was new to us. And I remember all the bartenders and stuff. You know, they're from Jamaica, from the island. We don't want no gay men coming on here. You know, they didn't oh, yeah. like that. Oh. Well, once they saw how the guys party and how they tipped, oh, it was different. Oh, yeah. They're now, taking their shirts off. Yeah, oh, let me, exactly. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> they were on the deck. Caribbean night, shirts off, <laughs> coconuts on their head. Damn I'm right. like, wait a minute, I thought you didn't like the gays. Oh, they tip. Uh-uh, it's all good, you know? It was just hilarious. That's right, money talks. They were so much fun. The gym, normally the gym on the, we would say the straight cruises, yeah. empty. Yeah. Gay cruise, are you serious? <laughs> they hated our gym. We had to put a gym upstairs on the deck. Oh, they had a an, nicer one? Yes, and they had like a, um, they would have work aerobic classes, whatever, every morning, packed. packed. We would do aerobics yeah. classes. I felt bad for my staff. They'd get up 7.30, make the announcement, uh, two people show up, yeah, you yeah. know, gay cruises, uh-uh, everybody Extra was there. Extra staff. Oh my gosh. And what I thought was interesting. <laughs> the vanity cruise. We would go to certain islands, we couldn't dock. We couldn't, we couldn't, we could dock, but we couldn't get them off the ship. In Jamaica, they didn't play that. What? Yeah. We went to Jamaica. It was many years ago, we went to Jamaica and we docked, this had to be in the, this was in the 90s, we yeah. docked in Montego Bay. And there were guy, there were people there with rocks and sticks. They weren't having it because they knew the gay ship was coming. They knew the gay ship was what coming. In the hell, they were not having it. So I can't remember if we let. I know we for we couldn't for a while we couldn't let them off the ship. But I do think some of them did go out. Some of the passengers went out and they found a club somewhere where they could go. I yeah. think, but it was really very. Uh, they didn't want us there. Yeah. Wow. They didn't want us there. Yep. Let's talk about the uh, last comic standing. Sure. You, you had some good uh, TV time. I in did. That. You had a nice I run. I really thank NBC for that. That was really good. It was a good run. I was on, like, I think two or three episodes. And even What year? Remind me. I watched it. Was that 2007? 2007? Yeah. No, it was 2007. Okay. I know it was 2007. And then I was also on 2008. I didn't make it to the semis, but they played a couple of, of my bits. Yeah, okay. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So, no, they gave, that right there is, I think, what really helped me. You know, because it, it, more people knew about me. You know, maybe I didn't make it to the finals, but it helped me. People did know who I was. What I thought was interesting was who was watching. I would do shows after that, and people were coming to my shows mm-hmm. from Last Comic Standing. Yeah. And it was, the demographics was all over the place. I had guys, punk rock guys. I had guys with the big earrings in the, in the ear, sure. you know, yeah, with yeah. the earlobe. Yeah. I had housewives. I had older men. had a lot of lesbians. A lot of lesbians. Hmm. I love the lesbians. Hmm. <laughs> they love me. Vibe? What's I love, that? No, I mean, I just, but you know what? I just, I don't know. They came to the shows I, and I had, I don't have any, you know, I never had any, you know, I, once I did the gay cruises, I just, I don't know. I got a chance to see they're just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Like we, what we always think and imagine. Mm-hmm. It's just, not, it's, they were a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they came to the shows. I noticed that. And a, a, a couple of women came up to me and said, you have a lesbian following. I was like, all right, I'll take it. You know? Look at that. Um, that was in Tampa. Yeah. Down in Tampa. Um, it was just really, that was just a, an eye opener for me about the TV exposure and how it really can help you. Yeah. I don't know how much, you know, that show's been gone for a few yeah, it has years been. now. But I it, it was fantastic exposure for uh, for broadcast national TV. You know, mm-hmm. Comedy Central's one thing. A lot of people get of on course. Comedy Central. Of course. Uh, 
but you know, having it on NBC, I, I mean, I I do wish they'd bring that back. There was, Me you too. know, I've talked to a Me lot too. of people, and it's you know, it's kind of a dead topic, really. Right. But there's just the fact that uh, something like that, you know, the right way to. I don't think they ever got the formula right for that show. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot mm-hmm. of tweaks each. That's season. what a lot of people have said, and it, it, they could it, they could never they, they never found that flow for it. Right. The first season did so well. Yeah. It did so well, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, this has caught on. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing." And then it just started changing. Yeah, and like, why did you change? What happened? Dave Mordahl ruined it. <laughs> I love Dave Mordahl. <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> I he do was too. great on that show. Yeah, he was. He was great on that show. Um, that's the kind of exposure I was hoping for. I was like, oh, if I can get to that top 10, you know, because that was some every week you're on television. Yeah. You know, every week people are seeing you. Even the just short time that I was on, I when I started doing the colleges after that, the college students watched that show. Oh, for sure. And I was at one co- college and I heard this girl on the phone. She said, Mom, Tracy Ashley is here. Yes, I'm going to. No, I'm going to talk to her. Like I could hear this girl telling her mom and she like and she came up to me. She said, we watched you on Last Comic Standing and we loved you. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I'm and that was like, oh, I better step it up. You know, have you. Uh, OK, now there's like the comedy clubs like. Um, yeah. Right. Urban rooms. Yeah. Urban rooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we call them urban rooms? Yeah, that's what I usually people say urban rooms. OK, yeah, whatever. Do you, do Is I do any something? of the urban yeah. rooms? I've never done a stri- strictly like urban room. I've done a show that was urban. Yeah. You know, I've done urban shows. Yeah. Um, like when I was at the, the Funny Bone. But like at the Funny Bone's not, a, they're not urban clubs, but on certain nights, for whatever reason, it's uh, urban night or whatever, or, or not even urban night. It was just that whoever the headliner is, what, who they brought. Like I worked for Tommy Davidson, and he has a very mixed crowd, but it was predominantly African-American crowd. Yeah. And so it was more of an urban-driven type show, yeah. you know, but it was great. You know? And, and um, then we had, uh, who else? John Witherspoon. I opened, oh. I opened for John Witherspoon. Really? Same thing. Same uh, demographic. I worked with uh, David Allen Greer. His, he was not as urban, honestly. I worked with him at, the, at Knuckleheads. But it might oh, be because we're in that. Minnesota. Who knows? No. But um, no, no, I, I haven't done what you say, specific urban rooms, but I've done urban shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I've, uh, I suppose it's no different to you. No. Like. Well, it's, 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 it's a, to me, it depends on the age and demographic of what you, you know, because sometimes you get a younger audience. They want to hear something different. They don't want to, I do a lot of stories, talk about family, my life. They might want to hear some different things. Every audience is different. It's the same thing when I do an audience down in the South, like in Shreveport, Louisiana, you know, and they're looking at me, you know, and I'm, I'm talking to who's this, this city girl, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. just complete. And you're like, okay, they don't want to hear they don't want to hear, yeah. hear about my little softy stories. Get to the joke. <laughs> we thought you were black. That's right. Exactly. Get Come to on. the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I brought something with uh, me here. I want to ask you about. They had this thing. Uh, uh, this is according to a study uh, from some coffee maker. Uh, men can be turned on by certain smells, and uh, I, I want to see if you can guess any of these and your thoughts on them. Okay. All right. So it said. Uh, what they did was when they hooked women up to machines that measured their heart rate and level of moisture on their skin. Okay. Which uh, is, they're both ways to determine how aroused someone is. Okay. So then they were showed pictures of men while smelling different odors. And then this, I have a list here of the five smells that gave women the highest level of arousal. That gave women? Yes. Okay. okay. So their women are shown pictures of men and then given these scents, basically, you know. Oh, they're being shown pictures of men. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, then a, and, then a, and then a scent as well along with it. Ah. And what, which one is more uh, arousing? Okay. Uh, I'll t- let's see. Which one do you think is better? Aftershave or freshly brewed coffee? Ooh. <laughs> Which one do you like more? It depends what you like more. How about you? I'm asking you. Ooh, oh my goodness, that's a hard one. Ooh, aftershave or coffee? That's totally two different smells. Let me see. What would I, I would say aftershave. Yeah, yeah would, would be me you know, more exciting. If my, when my husband has his aftershave, I'm like, ooh, honey, you smell good. Yeah, if he smells like coffee, I'm just, I want a cup. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, do you buy him his aftershave? Um, no, no. My husband's very particular. <laughs> about that i thought i was buying the right stuff he's like i don't like that so he i let him get his stuff oh yeah Uh oh did you buy the generic one yes i didn't know i'm sorry i'll admit that i didn't know i'm trying to be a better wife <laughs> like that one gets me all bumpy <laughs> right that's what he said he goes that breaks me out i'm like ah whatever <laughs> okay uh yeah number one was after uh was after okay. on this list here mm-hmm. how about oh no instant coffee no no not at all freshly washed sheets like that, like clean linen. Yeah, does that do something for you? No. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No scent at all? No, that doesn't do anything, no. no. Yeah. 
I like the coffee. Yeah, co- coffee is interesting. It, it perks you up, but I just want a cup of coffee. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for me. When mm-hmm. I walk through the grocery store and mm-hmm. then you go through that aisle, mm-hmm. do you do what I do and go? Most definitely. Most definitely. Like, like I'm the type of person I got to have at least one cup of coffee when I get up. And I got to have one because I'm trying to cut back because I would do two or three and I'm trying to cut. So I just got to have that one cup. What's like, wrong I have with two or three? Because it gets me going too much. Like, you know what I used to do when I wanted to wake up for a show? Like, if the show was late and I got there early that day and I had a long day of waiting for the show, you know, and I'm like, I got to wake myself up. I would have, like, two or three cups. And I'm not kidding you. I <laughs> middle of that show. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and you can see it in their eyes. They're like looking at me, and they're like, oh my god, we gotta keep up with it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, their yeah. brain is trying to keep up with me. And someone said, Tracy, you need to stop with the caffeine before the show because I really see a difference in you. My girlfriend of mine told me that. So I just now I'm only one cup. Well, your friends know best. Yes. Well, they best. could see me. I'm just going crazy on stage. They're like, what did you do, Coke? What did you do, Alana? Before you know, <laughs> boy, you're, are you Hollywood now? <laughs> come on, come on, Coke, right? Come on, this is in the '80s. <laughs> well, isn't it still cool? Coke's not cool anymore. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> You had the corporate gig here this morning, yep. this afternoon. Yep. Normally, uh, yep. for this podcast, we record like at well, one o'clock. You had a, I had a, corporate. you had a gig. I had a gig. So you've already worked today. I've already worked today, and that was great. It was good to get that out of the way because uh, it's like I got one show down for today, so I feel like I'm ready for tonight. Yep, you got a show at eight o'clock mm-hmm. tonight, and then eight the o'clock. weekend here. Is, mm-hmm. or, I keep thinking today's Thursday, Friday, Thursday. So we, we got Thursday, Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, two Friday, two Saturday, and then Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? Christmas, I'm fl- I'm flying out of here Sunday to Indy to my in laws, and yeah. we're spend Christmas out there with them. And that's then it, be with, and then be with my husband. Mm-hmm. That's it. I like I try. You know, I'm a simple person when it comes to my one thing. I always used to say when I was young, I want to have a busy work life, but my home life, I want it quiet and simple. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's always what I've always wanted, and now I have it. I love it when I fly into Chicago Midway or O'Hare, and my husband has to come pick me up, and we go back to Merrillville, Indiana, a little town, and uh, it's nice, cozy. It's just us. I love it. I love my life at home. Good I for really you. Do, and I love what I do. So I'm in a, I, I feel like my aunt said to me, she goes, well, you sound really happy. I said, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a good place. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you plan on staying in Indiana for... <sighs> yeah, I mean... That's where my husband works. He's a teacher. He right. teaches at a high school out there, and uh, that's where he is, right? So I'm a comic. I can tr- live anywhere mm-hmm. and travel. So as long as there's an airport not too far, I'm okay. Yeah, there you go. Then I asked my husband, I said, so say I had to move to L.A. or something, though. would you be with that? He goes, yeah, if you got a job, yes. Yeah. He goes, but I'm not just going to go out there while you go do open mic. He okay. said, but if you got a job or something. that point. Yeah, he yeah. says, if you got something that you, yeah, I'm all for it. Can't ask okay. for more than no, that. No, you can't. That's perfect. Can't. But it's funny. It's like, but my friends are like, but are you trying to get to LA? And I'm like, you know, actually not really. I've just really been working. And that's what I've been doing, staying booked and busy and working and just trying to write and grow. I'm recording my CD this week. Oh, yes. God, thanks for bringing that up. Stand Up Records. Yes, and thank that you is for my, that. my goal is to record that CD and now work on some new stuff. Uh, as they say, the more you do comedy, you begin to get your voice. And I'm feeling that. And I have an urge to talk about some of these things. So I'm really excited to get this CD put away and then start moving on to the next phase of Tracy. And this will be the first CD, First CD, correct? yep. This wow. is the first CD. Exciting. I'm excited. It is exciting because I've waited so long. Yeah. And because I was one of those comics, I wanted it to be right. I wanted it to be right. And someone finally said, Tracy, it's never going to be perfect like you want. Yeah. you got to get out there and record this thing. You're overdue. It's much like the first marriage. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, so she, but I'm glad I'm doing it this week. I, and last night's show was so, if that's any, any indicator about what the rest of the week is going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. Awesome. So everybody come out and see Tracy and, uh, you know, don't be, don't have that loud laugh. Just have the laugh that kind of blends in. That's right. Yeah. Right, right to the seat. Yeah. Well, I do want some loud laughter. Hey, I had a, a guy snort today at my corporate. I was here. That's all you can ask for. Let me tell here. you, that's a, that was, I'm like, thank you, sir. Yeah. Cause corporates can be tough. And I'll be honest, they were a little different. They were good. I had fun with them. But I was waiting for a snort or some kind of reaction from him, and he gave it to me. <laughs> Tracy, thank you. Where can people thank find you, you online? Uh, TracyAshley.com. That is my website. And you can go on there and see some video clips of me. I'll be putting some clips from this week up there uh, for the, after the first of the year. So they'll be able to see some clips from this show. Sweet. And then um, also on there, I, you know, my voiceover, I do a lot of voice work or try to do voice work. So you can listen to that and all my schedule where I'm going, colleges, clubs. It's all on TracyAshley.com. Perfect. That's it. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> awesome.